Today's podcast is brought to you by the Curtain Jerks Podcast, the funniest wrestling podcast on the internet, full of sketches, improv comedy, and interviews with real WWE impact and other wrestlers. To check out their stuff, go to soundcloud.com slash curtain jerks. Make sure to leave comments. Enjoy. Everybody and welcome to the sports 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 podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Pomavel. And Jordan says always is the sports outsider Phil Ranta. Hey guys. Hey Phil. Hey Phil. I'm a little depressed as you can't tell from my voice. Why are you so Why depressed? Because I lost the March Madness pool. Oh. I came in 13th place out of 40. That's pretty good. No, sure, it wasn't okay. number one. It's like I know nothing about sports. I dropped 20 percentage points. With just the last game. So, oh. Yeah. Because you had Michigan State winning. I was I was mm. riding at like 91. I was like, if not for the fact that my predicted champion was knocked out in the first round. Yeah. This would have been the best bracket I ever had. Who won? Villanova. Okay. We're going to cover that. Villanova. Yeah. In News, News, News. Oh, okay. Remember the, the one thing Jordan asked us not to talk about? I didn't know that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about my pool. Yeah. Okay. Countdown to Rio. Summer Olympics Death Watch. Countdown to Rio. Summer Olympics Death Watch. Watch, watch, watch. Brought to you by... Franklin's Coffins. It's a much better coffin store. There's lots and lots of coffins that you can buy. You can buy a coffin made of marble. You can buy a coffin made of granite. You can buy a coffin made of margranite. It's a half marble and half granite. They're mixed together into a mixture and then covered in cement. I do not want to be a pallbearer at those funerals. <laughs> That'd be heavy. You get buried in a marble coffin. <laughs> or that margranite. That margranite hybrid. Mar-granite, yeah. That sounds expensive. It's weird yeah. that we have a different coffin company sponsoring this time than previously. I was going to say that it was weird. Yeah. Sounds like a much bigger coffin company, though. I'm thinking of going down there to try and get a coffin at their Memorial Day sale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In Memorial. <laughs> Plenty of tickets still available for Summer Olympics. Whoa. I believe it. Subheadline, totally believable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, about half the tickets to the Rio Olympics remain unsold. Why is the question on the mind of nobody? Sure. Well, you spend all the money that you were going to spend alleviating the crushing poverty in your country, and guess what? People don't have money to go see the Olympics. But, you know, here's the thing. After six months of hard work, yeah. I ensured that every sports venue and facility was covered in microphones. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. You, and you, you put in the time, Jordan. I put in the time. I put in the time. Yeah. Okay. So we captured anonymous sources on the Olympic Committee giving their own guesses. Really? Ooh. Yeah. So collectively, they believed that Brazil's worst recession in 25 years, political upheaval, upheaval with impeachment on the table, the sudden resignation of the national public security chief, the existence of terrorism, kidnapping being 20% of national GDP... The prevailing uncertainty that Olympic venues will be finished, not on time, but ever, high crime <laughs> rates, and the recent discovery that the national drink is one part Zika virus, two parts diarrhea water, <laughs> all may have played a role in affecting ticket sales. Yeah. In a negative way. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, someone had to deliver 
that focus group information to yeah. someone who paid a lot of money for the focus group. Right. They spent yeah. the whole time going, okay, okay, that makes sense. Yep, <laughs> I, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, number I'm two, crushing poverty makes makes white people feel bad to look at. Okay, that makes another sense. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, three, the Zika virus. Yeah, also that's scared, bad. Yes, yeah, in so the news, someone has to you know, basically. I paid for this. I paid yeah. for this abuse. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, uh, real organizers are already spinning this, but I feel like they're being a little bit glib. Mm-hmm. He started a press conference. This is the Olympic Committee spokesperson. If you think that's bad, you don't want to see the Paralympic ticket sales Ooh. any more than you want to see the Paralympics. Yeah, it makes me think about what could happen to me. <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, 50% uh, tickets sold uh, for the Olympics, right? Yep. Uh, Paralympics, want to take a guess? Percentage like tickets sold? 18%. Two. <laughs> oh, d- uh, price is right rules. Uh, Joel wins. Hey! Closest two uh, rules, you win. It's 12. Okay. Okay. Um, but we go by price is right rules. <laughs> I don't know what rules we go by. I'm pretty sure it's price is we right. We never rules. established rules for this, Joel. You can't yeah, make it up as you go along just so you win. You can't make it up as we go along just so that you win. The immediate assumption is that it's price is right rules unless we specifically designate it. Hey, otherwise. I'm going to separate you two. <laughs> you're, you're one of us. I'm going to turn this bus around. I like it. <laughs> There's no brakes on this school bus. Uh, it should be noted that the high availability of Olympic tickets at retail price hasn't hurt the resolve of hardworking criminals. Sure. Now, it's illegal to sell tickets above uh, face value in Brazil. Mm-hmm. But a Rio de Janeiro police investigator said 10 people have been detected using social media trying to sell 712 ticket vouchers to be exchanged for tickets at up to double the ticket's original price. But if it's not sold out, why? Yeah, I don't that's, know. A, that's a pretty ballsy move. Well, these are two um, high-profile events. Ah. So it's possible the high-profile events are sold out. Skeet shooting. Uh, But (laughs) the investigator of this said the suspects have been identified and will be questioned. Everyone else in the world said, we have questions about your priorities. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Going after ticket scalpers? Yeah. What are you doing? And in Brazil, ticket scalpers actually scalp people. Yeah. Yeah. They, and then they try to present it at the front gate for entry into the the the, the sporting event. Right, is, yeah. It's just a bloody mess at that front gate. Hey, is Thunderdome going to be an event at the Brazil Olympics? I mean, not like officially. Not officially. Yes. Thank right. You. It's, it's uh, what's called an exhibition event. Oh, okay. They do these, you know, and then it might become a full event. Like ping pong. No, also, no, you know ping pong's they... an event. That's embarrassing. And by the way, it's called table tennis, Phil. Oh, yeah. then that's not embarrassing. If they yeah. called it ping pong, that'd that's be embarrassing. That's kind of uh, embarrassing to play a sport called ping pong. Sure. Table do you, tennis. Do you know what they refer uh, to Thunderdome as in Brazil? No. Wednesday. Oh. Yeah, in the flavela, that's just, that's you wake up and it's like, boom. Yeah. Thunder. 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 One positive out of this is that the Brazilian government is considering purchasing Olympic and Paralympic tickets and giving them out to the children of Brazil. Oh, that's oh, nice. Oh, that would make just a horrifyingly huge amount of sense. Um, by the way, here's a quick tip to the Brazilian children. Courtesy of our elaborate system microphones, when they distribute these in your city or village, the Olympic tickets are in green envelopes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paralympics, blue envelopes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't you say I didn't green. ever do you a solid Brazilian yeah. youth. <laughs> I was going to say, if they're like, t- pick one in an envelope, then they'd be like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> one would be not fun and one would be slightly <laughs> more fun. Here are some tickets to Murderball. No! 
the Olympic Committee, however, doesn't seem to be counting on these uh, Brazil ticket purchase, partially because when they called, they really kept trying to get a group discount. Mm-hmm. Sure. And partially because even their bribery checks bounce. Oh, oh no. that's embarrassing. Yeah. That's when things are bad. Yeah. And now the whole Panama thing, that's going to be... Countdown to Rio, Summer Olympics Death Watch. Countdown to Rio, Summer Olympics Death Watch. Watch, watch, watch. Brought to you by Marshmallow Coffins. It's like you die and get put on a cloud directly. Even if you're not Christian and aren't going to heaven, you still die on a cloud. Can you make a coffin out of marshmallow? It seems like that's just going to... I don't know if they really make it out of marshmallows. I think that it's just the idea. My favorite Hemingway short story is Death on a Cloud. Oh, there you go. That was a good one. You're a writer. (laughs) That's that's my favorite Hemingway short story, too, in that it's the only one I can name now that you've mentioned it. (laughs) Uh, What do we got in the show today? Uh, Well, we have the the pitching coach for the Miami Marlins, Ah. Tyler Clement. Tyler Clement. Tyler, okay. Tyler Clement. Clement. Is it, are you sure it's not Clement? Uh, I, now, Joel, I you can ask him when he's on here. If I were to pause this podcast right now <laughs> yep. and Google up Mar- Marlon's pitching coach, I'm going to see a Tyler Clement, right? <laughs> yeah. He's not some sort of made-up name. No. Okay, okay. He can't be made up because he's here on the podcast. Okay, I'm yeah. just checking. No, he's absolutely 100% <laughs> okay. the pitching coach for the Miami Marlins. Why is he on? So, uh, so they... they <laughs> They instituted this year <laughs> something funny, Jordan. They instituted. No, no I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so, so they've been trying to to shorten MLB games. So one of the things they've done is when the pitching coach heads out to the mound, there's now like a 30 second clock that actually turns mm-hmm. on in the stadium to limit the amount of time uh, that you know the guys can can talk to their pitchers. Almost so, like timeouts in other sports. Absolutely. So Clement's <laughs> on here to to he's Clement's going to lament the fact oh, that he God uh, damn it cannot. Speak at length with uh, with his pitchers. He thinks it's an important part of the game, and he's here to tell us why. All right, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And then who's our other guest? We've got an and uh, a coach for the Banana Slugs, the UC SC University of California Santa Cruz. Yeah, he's he's a coach there. What um, sport? Uh, he's a football coach. He's one of the line coaches. Okay. Uh, his name is uh, Tilliam Hollins Opus. <laughs> uh, and Tilliam. Tilliam. <laughs> yep, Tilliam Holland's Opus. <laughs> Old Tilly, yep. as they call him around campus. Yep. Uh, they're thinking about cutting the uh, NCAA sports program there. What's the atomic Ooh. weight of Tilliam? <laughs> you know, he's, it's one of the high ones. It's like 140. <laughs> okay. yeah. One of those later yeah. ones. But Tilliam's Holland's Opus is coming on to... Talk to because they're going to cut the NCAA sports program. Oh my so. gosh! So they're actually the college is cutting its they're sports thinking about program. doing That's it. Crazy. So he's coming on to clear the air about uh, what I that means. I feel like he's kind of stumping for you know them to not cancel the programs. That's you, the you air. Assume because he would be out of a job. Otherwise. Sure. And Phil, do we have a wide world of weird sports? You're goddamn right, we do. But first, news, news, news. <laughs> News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. News, news, news. Villanova wins national championship. Woo! Yeah. Subheadline, hope you like buzzer beaters, America. I do! That's my favorite shot in the world. Now, did you see the end of the game, Phil? I didn't know. <laughs> you would have loved it. There was a buzzer beater. There were... 
there was a a true buzzer beater, and then there was like a penultimate buzzer beater. What? Yeah. How does that work? Well, <laughs> let me tell you. Okay. Uh, in a game that Wisconsin basketball fans deemed atrocious, the Villanova Wildcats beat uh, the UNC Tar Heels seventy-seven to seventy-four. Oh! Shot the lights out. If you missed the game, I'll give you a recap. Charles Barkley said some silly stuff. Ah. Villanova won the t- tip off. Mm-hmm. Fast forward about mm, thirty-nine minutes. Okay. End of the game. That's it. Ten seconds minutes? left. Oh. UNC is down seventy-four to seventy-one to Villanova. UNC's Marcus Page hits a miracle three-pointer to tie the game at 74 with five seconds left. Whoa! Whoa! Five seconds left. He hits the three-pointer to tie the game. People are going nuts. Uh, you know, uh, Michael Jordan's in the stands. Michael B. Jordan, the actor? Oh, no, no, Michael Jordan, the basketball player. Ah, that makes more sense. Right, he's Did not in SAG. Just so he to aggravate us. <laughs> yep. He's not in SAG. Doesn't oh, need to Michael say middle Jordan, national. number 45. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's like, yeah, what now? 5.3 seconds left on the clock. Too much time. Chris Jenkins hit a three-pointer buzzer beater to win the game. What? At- yes. But he didn't even need three points if it was tied. Exactly. But there are only five seconds left. Oh, so that was just the shot he had to take. Yeah, that was it wasn't the, the shot, shot he wanted. It's the shot he deserved. Right. <laughs> That's it. So we'll hunt him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There you go. Uh, in the stands, Michael Jordan really, really, really wanted to cry. But four ESPN cameramen with an extensive knowledge of memes had their lenses trained on him. Oh, crying Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, so he knew. I've seen like, that meme. I have to hold it in. Right, Joel? Has your phone gotten that meme beamed I, to it? I have seen that meme. Sure. Not on my phone. Did they draw it with ASCII art on your phone? I don't know what that is. That's what I figured. <laughs> Villanova head coach Jay Wright acted like nothing had happened. What? He, it was so cool as a cucumber. I don't know if you've watched the clip, but he was basically like, his team made the shot. He basically watched it and is just like, hmm. wow. Yeah. Now, now. Act like you've been there before. Well, here's the sure. thing. Like every college basketball coach, he knows roughly 50% of national championships are vacated. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so sense. it's one of those here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. Don't get too excited. Don't get too attached to it. Yeah. The real struggle is going to be in the next few years. Yeah, keeping the championship. Yeah, yeah. Everything that happened. Yeah, it's like risk. Speaking of vacated championships, this could have been Roy Williams' last game. As UNC is being investigated for uh, a, a pandemic of academic fraud, mm-hmm. that's the fraud with elbow patches. There it is. <laughs> yeah, that's the nice fraud. Yeah, academic fraud, baby. Yeah, what fraud you in for credit card? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, I'm not talking I'm to in you. For academic fraud. Oh hey, that's <laughs> my type of guy. Um, all right. So uh, an underdog entering the game. This was Villanova's first title since 1985. This was back when ESPN viewers described Dick Vitale as, quote, exciting and, quote, not at all annoying. That's how long ago it was. Oh. Mm. That's a long time ago. That's a long time ago, 1985. Uh, on ESPN.com, more people picked Villanova to lose to 15-seed UNC Asheville than people picked them to win it all. Well, a two-seed never loses to a 15-seed. That's just crazy. I was going to say, Joel, can you fill us in on the two-seed most people had winning it all? (laughs) Uh, Let me see. Uh, Was it UVA? Uh, (laughs) It it was not UVA. Might have been the Sooners? I don't Uh, think it was the Sooners. I I had the Sooners in the final game, but I had them losing to somebody. I can't remember who. It happens. Michigan State University. (laughs) Shut up, Phil. That's the team. Villanova, which is located in a wealthy Philadelphia suburb, will be having a victory parade through Center City. Mm. It'll be the first championship parade Philly has hosted since 2009 when, 
One year removed from a Phillies World Series title, the town became the center of the sports universe when the Philadelphia Soul won the Arena Football League. Oh, man. Just a magical time for Philadelphia. I mean, 08, Phillies. Yeah. 09, Soul. Yeah. Mm. Back-to-back championships. They were equally (laughs) happy about each. Yes. (laughs) In other Philadelphia news, the city council, this is true, passed a resolution apologizing to Jackie Robinson for the reaction he got when the Dodgers visited in 1947. (laughs) This uh, apology is a co-branding with Ken Burns' latest PBS documentary, Jackie Robinson. Oh. Oh. So they're... So when they apologized, did they go like, so here's to you, Jackie Robinson. We are sorry and we didn't mean it. Are they they also (laughs) going to apologize to Santa Claus? Joining us now on the podcast, Marlins pitching coach Tyler Clement. Tyler, what's going on, buddy? Well, uh, I'm glad you guys had me on here because uh, I really want to talk about uh, what I think is a travesty in the state of baseball. Okay. Right, okay. it's the pitching clock. You only got 30 seconds now on I, the mound. I, what? Well, no, that, I need more time than that to listen. There's a lot of important things that I discuss with my pitchers. Yes, go ahead. On the mound, Absolutely. okay, and 30 seconds doesn't Throw always strikes, do it. right, yeah. yep. So Keep it low. I would just appreciate it if we weren't getting rushed off of there. Oh, I'm sorry. I, that's 30 seconds. That's it. Wait. We're done. You guys yeah. are – nope, I'm sorry, but – well, that's, you have to go back. I thought it. I was going to have enough time to discuss no, this. No, no. Pitching coaches only have 30 seconds on podcasts. Are you too. throwing me out of it's here? It's part of the regulation. Yeah. Is that I'm going to start also... kicking dirt on no, you. No, no. All... You know what? I'm kicking dirt on you. There you I'm go. I'm kicking dirt on you. dirt on you. How did there get so much dirt in this podcast studio? Well, now it's everywhere because it got kicked. Look, the, what's, what's, what's good for the baseball is also good for the podcast. You guys are dicks. Joining us now on the podcast is one Tilliam Hollins Opus, uh, the la- offensive line coach for the University of Santa Cruz uh, Banana Slugs. University of California at Santa Cruz Banana Slugs. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, okay. You, you coach football? I coach football, yes. Okay. I am the offensive line coach mm-hmm. at the UCSC. Banana slugs, bro. Yes. Mm-hmm. I am appalled that they're thinking of shutting down the sports program. Like I say, it, it might make some, I mean, it, you know, the, the kids will still be able to play sports via intramural and whatnot. This is just a way to save a million dollars a year. Oh, well, guess what they also spend a million dollars a year on? Well, I mean, many things. I'm sure the budget is in the The arts of- programs? But why aren't they talking about cutting the arts programs? I'll tell you why. So that they can pass their standardized art tests. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I don't think. Let's this... backtrack. Yes. Yeah. Standardized art tests. Never heard of that. Yeah. What's That's go- part of Common Core. I'm pretty sure. Common Core, though, not a not a university. Yeah, level. Not, I didn't go to college. <laughs> okay, oh. but I do know this. Part of a well-rounded education is also being able to hit people when you have pads on. Well, not educational to hit people without pants on. Pads on. Did you say pads? Pads. Pads. P-A-D-S. You mean like football players. Like football players. You know, you say that, but less than 2% of the overall student body at UCSC participates. And those 2% are our future, Jordan. What does that say about are the they? education? You're they are our future, yes. <laughs> what does that say about These... the education for the other 98% of students? Look, everybody else is taking math classes, 
well-funded English classes. Mm-hmm. Classes where they learn how to do science things. Right. Psychology and philosophy, I imagine. They're yeah. willing to throw millions of dollars against those programs. Well, those are valuable, you know, core educational programs. Yeah. And yet, the sports program where I have built my tower of gold is on the chopping block. You being figurative or literal? Do you know that the whole time I've been an offensive line coach, I've been writing the perfect playbook? That uh, was no, my you, opus. No, no, you have not. That was no, my you opus. It was, um... I had a deaf child during that time who couldn't hear it when people were calling hike. My wife supported me. <laughs> And now I'm afraid that they're going to close down my program and boot me out of the school. So this heavy Holland's Opus Opus. What? Holland's Opus Opus. I don't. Yes. The no, last well, name. It's a weird Holland's to call Opus it, is Opus. It's weird to call it an Opus. It's really more of a playbook. Right. It's more like Mr. Holland's Opus playbook. Have you, <laughs> have you completed it? I have. But nobody's ever seen it. I've been too shy. <laughs> I've been too nervous to show it to the world because I've been spending my whole life building this perfect playbook. Well, I think, I think you know what? They might cut sports. I'm not going to lie to you. This could happen. This, oh, this I know. Well. I already have my banker's box full of trophies and cups. But you know what we're going to give you? trophies? Yes, I've got trophies I made myself uh, okay. to make my office look more sporty. <laughs> Here on this podcast, though. What? You might lose your job tomorrow. What? They're serious about this cutting sports. Yes. We're going to give you the opportunity. What? To read from your playbook so the public can hear your opus playbook. This has been my dream. Hold on. Is that all of my ex-players coming in? all of your ex-players. What? All of my ex-players are here. Oh, it's you, the guy that tried to seduce me in the locker room in the late 80s. Yeah. And it's you, the guy that said he would never be a professional football player and then played for one season and then blew out his knee. He was class of 98. Hey, class. Hey, coach. Oh. Hey, coach. It's hey, you. Hey, coach. Oh, it's you that went on to be a fisherman. You weren't really relevant to my life story. Yar, coach. Yes. Oh. Well, here I go. I'm going to read from the playbook and try not to cry. All right, let's do it. We'll uh, run the plays for you, coach. Oh, thank you, random guy. I don't remember him. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, here it is. Everybody gets in a line, almost awkwardly lined up, Completely in a line on the line of scrimmage. Right, yes. They hike the ball all the way back. There we go. And then it looks like a fumble and it's totally unintentional. That was actually a hologram ball. And then they walk it into the end zone. Uh, So, wait, I'm sorry. That is my Mr. Holland's playbook play one. Okay, do do we have? We don't have a hologram ball. This is made for the future. Okay, but I, I didn't mean, think this would ever see we, the light of day. We did get all your former players to come here today to to do the plays, but we don't. Have I've a got better game. ones. Okay, well, why don't we hear another one? Okay, perfect. So everybody lines up almost in an awkwardly linear you really line. You really can skip that part. I promise you. <laughs> yes. All right, you can just skip to the part where they hike the ball. The quarterback calls hike. Right, and then he hands the ball to a running back who pretends to go left, but then goes to the right. It's a counterplay. This is the crazy part. All the blockers still go left. It's a counterplay. And it fools everyone.
everybody. Yeah, but it, it, I mean, it's a play. That this is know. Mr. Holland's Opus Playbook. I mean that. I mean, it's so, a, so play two is a counter. This is the playbook <laughs> where I wrote all of your stories. Okay, what's all of your stories? What's play three? All right, play three is what I call the quadruple. Everyone lines up in a line. Almost awkwardly. All right. The quarterback is in the shotgun formation. He yells, hike! Okay. They hike the ball back to him, and then he pitches it to a right receiver. Okay. Who then hands it off to a running back. Okay. Who then hands it to the quarterback. Oh. Who then throws it way downfield for an interception. But then the ball is stripped by somebody guarding him, and they... Recover the ball and go into the end zone. That is certainly innovative. It's <laughs> certainly innovative. This is the canvas that I write my life story. So, hologram ball <laughs> counter. One of the most common running plays in football. It's and a then- different counter, though. You'd have to see the play. It's an awkwardly straight line. <laughs> I think that everyone's playbook, though, of could course. use an original like that. Yeah. Yes. like a, well, I'm sorry. That was a, a triple reverse option pass. With uh, additional uh, strip fumble. With the intentional intercept- Intentional interception. That's strip why I just touchdown. call it the quadruple, Joel. It's easier to say than all of that. <laughs> it, it really is. Okay. All right. Well, why don't we have the players? All right. The and- big closing. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm going to hold yeah, back tears as I say this one. As I see all the adoring eyes of all my ex-players. I, hope, at me. I really we hope this play. This program. I hope we this play combines coach. elements of football from the 80s, it 90s, will. and aughts. It will. Because as you've been able to know from my life story, I was. As you may know from my life story, I was obsessed with a football player from the 80s who died. And then I was obsessed with a football player from the 90s who died. And then I was obsessed with Jim Harbaugh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I don't, I don't remember you telling me. So this that. is the play that combines them all. Okay. All right. Everybody lines up the line of scrimmage. Almost in an awkwardly <laughs> right. straight yeah, yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. We got it. We got it. Yes. The quarterback yells, hike. And then the center says, Look over there, it's somebody wearing khakis. And the whole other team looks. And then everybody starts running at the same time to the right. The whole team together. Everybody holds their hands while they run. Except for the quarterback who runs behind it. And then everybody starts chasing them. And then whenever they're close to tackling the quarterback, he passes it to the next person who's holding hands. It's as if it's one football player encompassed in an entire team. And this is my life story. Everybody help me get to where I am before the arts program took it down in math and science. And it's in all done. Yay! 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 I drew my canvas on you, players. On you. It's like a hook and ladder. Thank you for having me here today. This is very inspirational. Was it, was it Thank just you, the, Tilly? Was it just the four plays? It was a blessed. No, there was many more, but that would take all day. <laughs> okay. See you at the NFL. What do we do with all of these players who came to? And he's gone. He's gone. Okay, guys, uh, pack it up. Hell no. Today's podcast is brought to you by Sue.co. That's T S U. Co. It's the only social media site that pays you to post. So make sure to sign up through sue.co slash sports the number three podcast 
where you will get paid to post. And when you post, we get a little something too. So go to tsu.co slash sports number three podcast to support this podcast. And now it's time for another wide world of weird sports. Wide world of weird sports. What do we got this week? This week's wide world of weird sports, Kermit Washington. Kermit Washington, you yep. say? Kermit. Kermit Allen Washington, born September 17th, 1951, is an American former professional basketball player. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Washington is best remembered for punching opposing player Rudy Tom Janovich during an on-court fight in 1977. Oh, no. The punch nearly killed Tom Janovich and resulted in severe medical problems that ultimately ended his playing career. I believe it's Tom Janovich. Tom Janovich. I believe don't, don't correct him, Jordan. Oh, yeah. He just knows how it's pronounced. Uh, okay, sorry. Uh, I do. Yeah. Tom Janovich. <laughs> Uh, Washington was not a highly coveted player coming out of high school and barely got into college on an athletic scholarship. That's he still they did. hadn't seen his left. Sure. Uh, he averaged a mere four points per game, which is also known as PPG. According to this <laughs> Wikipedia article. During his senior season in high school, he improved rapidly once at American University, you know, located in America. Right. Uh, and became one of the only seven players in NCAA history to average 20 points and 20 rebounds throughout the course of their career. He Whoa. averaged that, I guess, as a player seven. at American University. Yep. In seven. the 70s. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. Is he like seven foot eight inches tall? A big defensive forward, Washington was known for his ability to gather rebounds. Kind of like me at 2 a.m. at a bar. Hey! Not true. Uh, he averaged 9.2 points and 8.3 rebounds per game in 10 National Basketball Association seasons or NBA seasons. Right now, yeah. yeah. Uh, and played in the All-Star game once. Washington was drafted by the L.A. Lakers with the fifth overall pick in the 1973 NBA draft. Ooh. He played sparingly his first three seasons. And sought uh, the help of retired basketball coach Pete Noel before his fourth season. Under Noel's tutelage, Washington's game rapidly improved and he became a starter for several teams. Played for the Lakers, the Celtics, the Clippers, the Trailblazers, and the Golden State Warriors. It's understandable. Pete had a lot of Noelage. It's, it's not Pete, it's Kermit, though. No, no, but never mind. Pete, Pete oh, Noel was the. Yeah, see what I did you. there? Uh, yeah? Huh? I'm going to skip ahead past all the shit with basketball and get to infamous punch. <laughs> this is why we got this article. Speaking of which, you guys have to come to my barbecue next week. I'm going to be serving infamous punch. <laughs> oh, I love infamous punch. It, it doesn't taste like it, but there's so much alcohol. So in it. much. Yeah. yeah. Really knocks you out. Uh, on December 9th, 1977, during a National Basketball Association, NBA, Game between the Lakers and the Houston Rockets, a scuffle broke out between several players midcourt. Well, that's been known to happen, though. Yeah, yeah. Sure. a little scuffle. <laughs> the events that uh, precipitated the fight have been frequently debated and variously interpreted. Two months earlier, an opening night of the season, the Lakers played the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks center Kent Benson elbowed Abdul Jabbar in the stomach, and I assume Kareem. Yes, yeah. correct. Uh, Abdul-Jabbar appeared to be in intense pain. So Abdul-Jabbar then punched Benson from behind, breaking Benson's jaw and his own hand. Awesome. 
Awesome. Part of the story you don't often NBA is different these days. Yeah. Washington got into a brawl with several Buffalo Braves players a few game later. Buffalo. Used to be a team. Oh, okay. I'll take your word for it. Uh, in the December game, at the beginning of the game, second half, Lakers guard Norm Nixon missed a shot. Houston's Kevin Cunnert and Washington both contended for the rebound, which Cunnert eventually got and passed out to teammate John Lucas. The battle <laughs> for the rebound was more physical than usual. However, Abdul-Jabbar became involved and wrestled with Cunnert. Okay. Got in a wrestling match. As a result, Kermit Washington, our hero... Uh, or stayed, villain, depending on how depending yeah. on how you see, it, yeah. Uh, stayed behind in the backcourt in order to watch over and make sure nothing happened. After the two disengaged, Washington grabbed Cunnert's shorts in order to prevent him from getting back over on offense quickly. And Cunnert threw an elbow that hit Washington in the upper arm, and his move spun him around so he was facing Washington. Rut row. Yeah, the upper, upper arm's the best part of his <laughs> arm. That's you can't be messing with that. Yep. What happened next is disputed. Washington, several Lakers, and Rocket forward Robert Reed insisted that Kunert punched him. Kunert said Washington swung first after he attempted to free himself from Washington's grasp. <laughs> yeah. The referee who saw the action saw merely a scuffle between Kunert and Abdul-Jabbar, followed by one between Kunert and Washington, and then Washington's punch. I feel like scuffle might be an understatement here, given that someone's career was ended. Yeah. I think bit. at that point, not a scuffle anymore. More of a fight. More right. Of maybe a brawl. Yeah. Both Washington and Abdul-Jabbar rejected that account. Oh. Yeah. Well, what'd they say? Uh, Abdul-Jabbar then ran up behind Cunnert and grabbed his arms to try to pull him away from the scuffle. This only left him defenseless for Washington's first punch. <laughs> awesome. he's like whoa get off him he's like ah opening Bam. <laughs> smart uh so uh which hit connor in the head and brought him down on one knee right oh he proposed but don't forget in the midst connor is not the one we were talking about earlier no it's I tom Jonovich, yeah. right right where's so, tom Jonovich and all of this well that's the thing is washington then saw tom Jonovich running toward the altercation not knowing if he intended to break up the fight Washington hit Tom Bonovich with a roundhouse punch. <laughs> it's a big old swing. Yeah. It's a big old swing. Uh, the blow, which took Tom Bonovich by surprise, fractured his face about one-third of an inch away from his skull. That's like one of the worst things to fracture. Yeah. Yeah, you don't face. want to fracture your face. Yeah. Fracture your face, y'all. Uh, and left Tom Bonovich <laughs> unconscious in a pool of blood in the middle of the arena. Ugh. Abdul-Javar likened the sound of the punch to a melon being dropped onto concrete. Oh! <laughs> That's a punch. Uh, Tom Janovich had a reputation around the league as a peacemaker. Players involved say that right after Chambanovich uh, collapsed in the absence of sound in the arena, which was filled with shocked fans, was the loudest silence you've ever heard. Wow. Reporters heard the sound of the punch all the way in the second floor press box. And some rushed to the playing floor in disbelief. <laughs> but this is the happy ending to the story, even though we know what happened. Like, you had to retire and everything. Tom Jonovich was able to get up and walk around after the punch. Just just not play. And with a fractured face. Ever again. No, Tom yep. Jonovich played again, right? Or no, it was his career. Uh, ultimately ended his career. I think oh, he really? played again, but he wasn't able to be the oh. same. Oh, and that brings in another wide world of Weird, Weird 
it's small. It's always a little bit of a doubter, but sometimes it happens. The end of the story is a doubter. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings the close to the sports, sports, sports <laughs> podcast. But before we go, we're going to bring on uh, who, who was on the show today that was Tilliam. Yeah, Tilliam. He's going to give our contact. Oh, OK, Tilliam, come here. All right. I'm still clearing tears out of my eyes. from My beautiful, <laughs> truly Mr. Holland's opus playbook. Truly felt all the feels, oh, all, all the, the feels. feels, all the feels. You can find all of our inspirational episodes on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash sports number three podcast. This is the story that these three boners wrote their life on. You can find us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. There people write their stories in 140 characters or less, but many, many times. Or you can find us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash sports number three podcast where you can see not just the podcast but also stories that are actually the stories of other athletes' stories. Thank you very much, Tilliam Holland's Opus. It's my pleasure. Hey, guys. Joel. Joel. Pretty happy about baseball season starting. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited too. Yeah. yeah. That's all. Lights off. You have received this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit comedypodcastnetwork.com. <laughs>